Welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. I'm not really sure how to classify this episode. It is quite possibly another one of my encounters with the spiritual realm. It's something that I remembered uh, just recently. It involves a one of my trips out to to look. For, I was looking for something else, and I happened to stumble upon basically a large ribbon of what looked like bones to me, and they were uh, substantial in size. And it, it was just a hunch. Something looked out of place. Just a, a ribbon of fossilized or limestone stuff that had. Uh, it, there was nothing to the left. There was nothing to the right. It was like a ribbon that went through the woods. I was out bushwhacking. There was no trail. There was nothing. It was just. It was just an area that I had not explored. So I wanted to go see it, and that just caught my eye uh, off to the side one time. So I wound up spending the entire day there because I abandoned whatever it was I was actually looking for. And started following this, trying just to piece together, could this be a, like a ribbon of bones going through the the forest? And the fact that it was, there was uh, symmetry in quite a few of the pieces just indicated to me it was more of a creative design, not something random. And as I got about halfway down this quarter mile trail of of these bones, these large bones, I found a what looked like a enormous pelvis. I couldn't quite tell by looking because it was pretty much buried. It's 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 quite large. I would say if I thought it would even be accepted, it it might possibly be the largest it might be the largest creature that's that's been found so far. The scale of it is is kind of staggering to me. And then I found an, uh, where the head was and it it looks to me like an inverted uh like an upside down head like like this creature died in, in well, I believe, what is often referred to as a death pose. And I think reptiles tend to do that more often than uh, other animals. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm not an archaeologist. I'm just a, just a man who's loved to learn his whole life. So this is not about me finding those objects. If you want to hear more about that, it's a very uh, interesting... <laughs> It's a bizarre find. I still don't know what to do with it. I haven't shown anybody the location. I haven't taken anybody to it. I've taken one person, which is part of what I'm going to relay here. So in the process of digging out what I discovered to be the exact replica of a pelvic bone that is very large, episode 119, if you want details on that, you can go back there because I, I talk more about some of the stuff that I have been finding is over the years as I move around different parts of the country to, to look for things. That's not what this one's about. This one is about me being there and something that happened while I was there. So I spent several weeks excavating this this pelvic bone because it, was, it had maybe uh, six inches exposed above the soil level, and it was all overgrown, stuff like that. So I spent, I spent weeks digging around that bone, digging in all the, the holes, the cavities, Cutting down all the brush, cutting down all the poison oak and stuff like that, which got me covered with poison oak, but it was worth the the cost of admission for that. As I started getting toward the end of excavating that thing, I I made it about maybe 12 or 16 inches down, 18 inches maybe. It's a lot of digging. If you're not from a place that has a ton of vegetative growth, there are vines. In the soil in Tennessee, the soil is full of vines. It's full of roots. It's full of rock. There, it, there's no easy digging out in the woods. It's just brutal. You, you fight for every inch of soil you get out. And I did that because I wanted to really see what this was. And I wanted to be able to get a view from up above 
I didn't have a drone. I didn't have the money for a drone. I still don't have the money for a drone. But I, I had a little cheap Picasso camera and I knew I could strap that like I had with various caves and stuff like that with, with, to long pieces of conduit and get something up to get somewhat of a bird's eye view because I couldn't see it from above. And I wanted to see. It's a little large. So seeing from above really showcased that shape and made it pretty clear that if it's not a pelvic bone, it is the most perfectly carved random piece of huge limestone in the woods that I maybe has ever existed. And the fact that it's got what looks like a upside down head, the the bottom end of the jawbone sticking up above the ground, not very far from it. It was just, uh, I can accept random and I can accept some coincidence. This one was just too much. That's why I kept digging. As I was getting close to being, having it unearthed enough that I was comfortable, like I could, I knew I could get a decent shot of it from above. The last day that I wound up being there, I had been digging there for quite quite a few hours. I believe it was a Saturday, and I was off, and I had been digging there for a good chunk of the day, like trying to get it finished up so I could hurry up and get a, get the photographs. I was ready to get it at least captured on video, captured on on uh, like a photograph, something, and then I could move on. Because I, at that period, I was also busy exploring the underground. I was exploring caves, looking for answers that might be found under the ground. I did that for quite a few years, and and I have spent all the time underground that I really care to. Uh, I just sort of had my fill of it, and I'm not a big fan of... Uh, I do slide back into caves now and then, just if something looks a little bit odd. But I'm done, I'm done being pushed through holes in caves so that I can get inside and then dragged back out and things like that. I'm, I've had my fill. And I've seen enough deep caves and long caves. And and I never really found anything of, of huge significance in, in the many miles of caves that I've explored, uh, both by myself and with my children and friends and caving societies and guys who do that like real seriously. I'm just good at finding caves because I explore a lot. So anyway, the last few hours that I'm I'm at this place, it's 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 on into the afternoon now. I've been there since the morning. I've been digging it. I have a whole bunch of garden tools with me because I'm excavating around this this object, trying not to damage it. And so while I am digging, I you know sometimes when you get like a like your people call it a sixth sense intuition something like your radar goes off. There's something. It's kind of like when somebody's watching you and you can sense it. There, I don't know if it's an electromagnetic field that alters. I don't know what it is. But I was digging and I kind of like, I could feel my radar going off. So I stopped digging and I kind of looked around me, you know, to the left, the right. I'm out, in the, I'm out in the thick woods. I'm like, well, that's weird. I wonder, like, is there something around me? Well, it wasn't too bad of a, a, like an alert on my radar. I just went back to digging because I really was determined, like, this was going to be the last day I would have to be there to dig because I was sick of it. I was burned out on doing this and consuming all of my free time to dig at something out that ultimately nobody's going to care about. Nobody would believe me if I showed it to them. It would just be dismissed. So this is just for me so that I have some kind of picture or something to show it really was real. Like I was there just for my own sake. So as I keep digging, um, maybe like two and a half hours from my departure, what ultimately became my rapid departure from that area. As the minutes went on, my radar just kept going off. Like there's something, I, there was just this alarm of imminent concern or imminent 
danger somewhere in, in proximity to me, maybe not immediate, but something inbound. And because I've long had this kind of unusual relationship with the spiritual realm, um, even as a kid, like th- there's, I don't know why. I just sense things that other people don't. And I used to think there was something wrong with me because of that. And then you can go back and, and look in some of the recent episodes where I recall some of my own personal encounters with the spiritual realm, and particularly the ones that I call the ones who are dark inside. There was a very lengthy period of my life where those came to visit. And it's it's a bizarre thing that I never hardly talked about until I decided to put it on the podcast because I, I, do, I just don't care anymore. These things really happened, and I don't care if anybody believes them or if they think I'm nuts for it because I also have witnesses who were there and experienced it more than once. And some of them, it, it, it's, it was quite terrifying for them. But those didn't scare me. The ones who are dark inside did not scare me. I wasn't afraid of them, not in any way. But as, as I kept digging on this huge pelvic bone to get it uncovered, my sense of alarm was turning into a sense of deep concern. And it was getting stronger and stronger. So now if you go to about two hours before my departure time, like I'm starting to sweat. Like there is something that is, I, there's something that it's got my nerves tingling. There is something screaming. And it's kind of, it's not even, like this was more severe. When the ones who were dark inside, the ones who were dark inside, when they were approaching, like I knew they were coming. It's like God gave me a heads up. Hey, in T minus whatever three minutes. One of these things is going to be coming from that direction. I knew where it was coming from. I wasn't afraid of it. It did not create a sense of dread in me. I just kind of waited because it was such a bizarre curiosity to me that why would why would this thing be coming to me? Like, I don't understand, but I'm along for the ride, God. Like, thanks for the heads up. So as I'm, as I'm digging on this thing, this is starting to become a fear inside of me. Like, there's something that I'm thinking, I don't have, I don't have any, I've got garden tools, but I don't have a pistol on me. I've got nothing. I have no idea why my alarm is going off. I don't know if there's a physical, if maybe there's a person that's somewhere around. Maybe somebody's following me. Maybe somebody's looking at me. Maybe there's somebody that means me harm. Maybe it's something from the spiritual realm. Maybe it's something that crossed from the the spiritual realm into the physical realm. These things are real, like I've seen them in my life. The menu of options before me is pretty vast, but I'm also a very tenacious person, and I am bound and determined. I am photographing this pelvic bone and these jaw bones, and there is nothing that's going to derail me from this. So now just get closer to me leaving, maybe an hour away from me leaving. Now I've got anxiety. Like I'm digging, but like I can't, I'm not even paying attention as much, not very much to what I'm digging. I'm digging, but I'm also like my alarm bells are just screaming at me. So I'm digging, but I'm also constantly looking around me. Like, I don't know. It was, uh, it's like almost as if somebody, like I look off in the distance and I notice that there's a, a man leaned up against a tree. He's got a rifle pointed at me and I can tell he's looking at me through his scope. Like it was that kind of, I've never had that happen, but I'm trying to think of something that would be uh, a comparable cause of alarm. Like where you look at that situation and you are viewing a potentially legitimate threat to your life, an imminent potential threat to your life. That's what it was becoming. As I got closer and closer, I'm just like digging and digging and digging and 
I'm like, okay, that's good because the anxiety now is rising up inside of me. I'm starting to get an upset stomach. I'm starting to sweat. And it's not because I'm working hard. It's not because I'm hot or anything like that. This is, this is like I'm starting to div- – I'm, I'm moving into fight or flight. And my body is shifting and I can't stop it because there's something, the same thing that told me the ones who are dark inside before they approached, I'm getting the same kind of alarm bell. But this is something different. This is something that the ones who are dark inside did not pose a threat to me. I knew that even though they probably, it seems they wanted to like harm me, they couldn't. Whatever this was, was something different. Like whatever this was could harm me. Like this one would have access to me, whether it's a man or a person, a woman, I don't know a being of some kind. By the time I'm 15 minutes from departure, I start fumbling around. I finally just give up. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to call it good. I've got this cheap Picasso video camera that I bought that has terrible audio. The video was okay. That's what I've got. That's what I could afford. I slap together the poles. I duct tape them together. I duct tape the, the camera onto the pole and, you know, and finally get it shoved up through the trees. It gets caught on the branches. You know, I'm I'm not thinking straight now. I am I am right into a, like a well-developed stage of fight or flight where I'm thinking survival, but the tenacious side of me that says, I have been digging and digging and digging. I am leaving with evidence that I found this one way or the other because something told me I was not going to be coming back. And that panned out to be right. I get the camera up. I don't even know because it's not a high-tech camera. I can't see on my phone what I'm videoing. I have no idea. So I just put it up and just kept moving the pole around and then holding it, hoping it was in the, the viewfinder the, on the screen. Like I'm actually cat- capturing video of this stuff. So I finally get it back down, un- un, you know, unhook it from the trees. My camera's trying to catch on the trees nearby. So I finally get it all back down. At this point, I'm probably five minutes from departure and I am I am definitely in fight or flight. I am. I just tear the tape off the poles. I tear the tape off the camera. I am throwing crap in my backpack. I carry a large approach pack with me, usually when I go out exploring, so that I'm ready for just about anything except for stuff like this. So I start throwing all my stuff in. I walk around real quick, find my water bottles, find my first aid kit, uh, small tools, all my video stuff, start hurling it into my backpack. I'm not concerned about any of it breaking. I just start throwing it in there, zip it up, Round up all my tools because I had a lot of garden tools with me because it's it requires a lot to dig. So I've got five or six garden tools with me, not like little bitty things. I've got like five or six stuff you would like full length handled shovels, rakes, hose, like a pickaxe. You know, I've got 35 pounds worth of tools that's not in my backpack. I'm just carrying them. Um, plus, I've got a backpack full of, full of little rocks and stuff like that. I've just grabbed little samples of stuff just out of curiosity in case the opportunity ever shows up to test stuff. By the time I get most of my stuff gathered, the only way I can describe it is if a full air raid siren was going off. Like my sense of alarm, I was in full fight or flight and I had no idea why. I only knew that there was an imminent threat immediately in my horizon. It was pressing. And it was like God was screaming, son, you have to go now. Like you have to leave now. Almost as if he was holding something back and said, this is it. This is as far as I can hold something back or as far as I am willing. I don't know. It went off the charts. I hurriedly grabbed some of my tools and I just beat it out of the bushes, out of the trees. I mean, it's dense vegetation. And I didn't care. I wear real beefy boots. Just for that kind of situation, so I always have sure footing. 
nothing's going to damage my feet. And if I need to really haul butt, whatever I go to yank on or kick, it's moving. It's not, it's not a, I'm not wearing tennis shoes. So I am carrying these tools. They're catching on the trees and the bushes as I'm going. I've got my big pack on. I mean, the tools are catching. I don't even care. I'm squeezing those tools so tight in my arms that it's just ripping tree branches off. My boots are hooking roots, thorny vines and stuff like that. I don't care. I'm not slowing down. I'm not moving. I'm not, I don't care if the thorns rake my legs open. It doesn't matter. I am, it, I'm going as fast as I can possibly move through, these, through this dense vegetation. I finally make it back. I parked a long ways from where I was on purpose, just so nobody would know where I was. And that's a regular habit of mine. I, I know how to get around. I don't park where I'm looking. I park quite a ways away. And then somebody's got to, if they want to find me or what I'm looking at, they're going to have to do quite a bit of hunting around to find me. I double time it back to my pickup. And I am, I, now I'm really sweating. I'm in full fight or flight. I get in my, I just literally throw everything, the tools, my bag, everything. I throw it all in the back of the bed. I jump in the pickup. And start it up and just leave. The minute I got off of that, let's just call it property. It's a, it's a large area. The minute I got outside of that area, the alarm, it just like somebody threw a switch. It was gone. Like just completely gone. And like I started breathing and I'm like, what just happened? Like, I don't know how to explain what this was. I only saw one other vehicle. And I don't know if there was something malicious about the person that had driven that vehicle. I don't know where they were. I don't know if perhaps maybe I was in a rifle scope. Maybe there was a drug deal about to go down. Maybe something crossed over from the spiritual realm into the physical realm and I didn't need to dance with it. Maybe it was something that I, I, I don't know to this day. I don't lose things. But I got home. You know, if you've ever been in fight or flight, when you start to come back out of that, like the emotional wipeout, the emotional drain, it's really heavy and it increases over the next hour or so to where you're kind of just exhausted. Well, that's where I was. Well, I get home and, and I'm like unloading my stuff and I realize, crap, I've left probably $150 worth of tools laying there. Like they were around the other side of the rocks, whatever. They may be smaller things. I've got a, a nice multiplier that's over there that's like an $80 multiplier. I'm like, crap, I can't afford to replace this stuff and I don't want to leave it, but I'm not going back. So I wait about a week and it's processed in my mind now and I still can't make sense of it. So I hit up a friend of mine. I said, hey, can I, would you just do me a favor? Will you humor me and will you ride back with me to a place that has made me Scared like I, I don't remember being scared before because I've been in the woods my whole life. It's where I feel the safest. I feel the most at threat in cities. And I've navigated all over the Rockies without trails, just my reliable compass. And I've gotten to where just for a moment, I've, I've you know, when I'm off the trail and maybe I've got five miles straight across the country to get to in remote wilderness out in the Rockies. You know, for a minute, if you've ever lost your bearings or, or you've lost your landmarks, maybe where you're shooting a bearing to or shooting a back bearing off of, you know, and, and you lose sight of that for a minute, your mind can, can quickly ramp up and tell you that you're lost. That didn't scare me as much like because I was like, no, I know that my landmark is over there because my compass isn't lying to me. It's just out of visual right now, but I'll see it again soon and then I can sh shoot my bearing again, make sure I'm good. 
Well, that stuff didn't, didn't tear me up or terrify me. Whatever this was, it filled me with a sense of dread. And when I explained briefly to my friend, who he and I have walked through a lot of life together, a lot of the trenches, in many regards, he believed me. And he didn't want to go. He's been around me and seen things that gave him pause and a reason to say, I don't think you should go back there and I don't think I should go with you. I said, we're going to go real quick before it gets rainy again and it ruins my stuff. I can't afford to buy it, but I, I need that stuff. Like this is kind of a lot of what I do in my off time is I go explore. I unearth things. I, I look for answers. So he consented. We ran down there real quick. We grabbed my stuff humped it back to the pickup real quick and left. And I haven't been back since. I don't know how to explain what happened. And I wish I could. And to this day, I don't have an answer. I just know that over the course of my 54 years, I think the only time I ever got as scared as I did at that giant pelvic bone is when I was a child and I broke through the ice and I nearly drowned in a lake. And then four or five years ago, three years ago, something like that, when I woke up going into shock. Two things that, that terrified the living crap out of me. This was that bad or worse, and I never saw anything. It was simply sensory. But it's kind of a borderline weird spiritual realm encounter. I don't know if it is or not. Anyway, I'll cut that one off here just in case this was mildly interesting to somebody out there. But maybe other people have had a similar experience that they truly just cannot explain why or where it came from. I just attributed it to God. He's the one that alerted my radar told me there was an imminent danger. And that's God protecting me in the midst of that. So I'll cut that one off here. I hope you have a great day. I'll catch you on the next one.